The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. We are going higher, everyone. Yes, indeed. Uh, this is Bernadette Biaschetti with Jerry Caldwell. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Jerry, TGIF, happy Fribulous Friday to you. All of that. Right. right back at you. <laughs> and Maura Davies, I'm going to bring her in right out of the gate. Uh, it's Furbulous Hi, Fridays. <laughs> hey, Maura, so good to hear your voice. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy Furbulous Friday. Yes. She's another one of my favorite giggles on the show. I know. She's got a great <laughs> laugh. Oh, you've never met her in person. Oh, my gosh. She's just... She's just, uh, she's like a Disney princess, I swear to God. Aww, and I, I say so that, it, no, it's true, in the most respectful way, not in a like, you know. She's um, got like birds flying around her all the she time. She does. Little squirrels running around <laughs> her feet. She has this energy around here, her, like you would just, I don't know, you just feel like there's butterflies floating around her or something. She's, uh, she's amazing. And I've known her for years. Uh, we met many, many years ago uh, when I was doing some work with uh, Little Citizens and teaching children philanthropy. Um, and, you know, I'm going to start that back up, Maura. So uh, yeah, I just ha- I love it. I haven't gotten to it yet. I will. I will. But it's one of my goals in 2023 is to get it started back up again because I believe so much in teaching our ch- children well, especially philanthropy. We could all use a little uh, education on that, I think, from time to time. But uh, That reminds just- me, by the way, you just said you were, you, were, you were going to get around to it. You were waiting to get around to it. Yeah. I have this thing that I got a long time ago. I'll have to dig it out. And it's a box of tuits. Of what? It's a do box it? of tuits. Do it. Tuits. Like, do- Oh, two its. What is that? Well, there's a square to it and a rectangular to it and a triangular oh. to it, but I never got the round to it. <laughs> it's the only one my collection's missing. Oh my gosh, that's funny. That is funny, I love it. Jerry. Jerry Caldwell, Aww. man, he's so fun to be on the air with. He is. Uh, what a what a treat he is for all the listeners and uh, our team here at One Life Radio. Stop it! But, you're making me blush. No, I'm serious. It is. It's it's. Uh, you're you're great to work with. Uh, I knew that. You know, I knew you when you were on the Russ Martin show, and it's just great to have you with us. It is. Uh, we're very fortunate. But uh, we've got a lot. We've got a great show today. Fabulous Friday at the half. I want to tell you we've got Dr. Michael Greger back with us. Uh, we're going to be talking about beating cancer with diet. He is a. Uh, he has. A, had New York Times bestsellers like three times, three of his like, I think five or six books. He's amazing. You know, he's a graduate of uh, Cornell as well as Tufts University School of Medicine. Can't wait to talk with him about beating cancer with diet. But we've got more Davies with us first because on Fridays we always reserve half of the show to talk about animals and how we can protect them and how we can help you better understand them. So Maura Davies is the Vice President for Marketing and Communications at the SPCA. That's the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals of Texas. Their website is spca.org or on Instagram at SPCA Texas. Today we're talking about spring pet safety danger. So, you know, what are some of the things that we need to know? Or what's the first tip to protect our pets from fleas, ticks, and other parasites, Maura? Yes, all of these are important. This one's a really big one because um, it's the time of year. And I, I really, y'all, I really need it to be spring right now. The weather is just oh, like, yeah. like 
please, like, I'm looking outside going, come on, there's sunshine right now. Stay sunny. But, Mother um, Nature's offer meds. I'm with you. Right? Like, come on now. It's I love supposed that. to start getting nice now. But when it starts getting nice out there, the parasites come out even more than they usually do. Not that they ever go anywhere in this part of the country. Yeah. But um, you want to make sure you're keeping fleas and ticks off your dog or cat. Make sure you're using a preventive. There's a ton of different kinds out there. I always recommend that mm-hmm. folks get with their veterinarian. There are so many options. Um, and, uh, you, know, you know, honestly, there's also you can avoid tall grasses that where some of these critters hang out. And then um, uh, other parasites, super quick, uh, regarding uh, heartworm. This is the mm. biggest, biggest, biggest thing. Heartworm comes from mosquitoes. Mosquitoes come from the larva that comes from all that standing water. So start now. Get rid of any standing water you have around. Uh, tell your neighbors. Ask everyone to help out because um, uh, heartworm infection uh, is deadly if not treated and it's very expensive to treat. So oh, yeah. best bet is to keep your pet on heart or preventive. Well, now they have the uh, long-term treatment, right? I've done it. I did, I did it with Henry, one of my rescues this year, or last year, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, mm-hmm. I love Henry so much. Oh, and speaking of, you know, my, my little rescues, my little Peter Peter Cottontail is getting neutered right now. He's at Dr. Oh, Norris's yay. office right now. Yeah, so, you know. Get, oh, would you stop? <laughs> I knew you. Um, why do men have that reaction? <laughs> You don't have that reaction. Yeah. If I said I was spaying my dog, you'd be like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, it's funny. So many men associate the testicles of their dog with their own. I don't know why. I was just showing some solidarity because he's going through a procedure right now. Poor little Petey. Sure. But he's so sweet. And he was, oh, my God, I just love that baby. Oh, my gosh. Uh, What a a little godsend he is. Uh, Just the sweetest thing. Got him out of a, he started in a puppy mill and for people that maybe are listening for the first time. And I bought him from a pet store. I've never done that before. He was suffering. He'd been there way too, too long. They had moved him around several times. We talked about it a couple weeks ago on the show, but I am so glad that I have him and he will never experience harm again or change or anything. You know, we have to think of our animals like we do our children. Change is not good for animals. Too much change and disruption, right? They need that stability, especially when they're little. Right. Oh, they yes, they love that. It, yes, stability, uh, things that they can expect. Um, uh, that that's all wonderful for pets. And they're yeah, they they get to know your routine. They're creatures of habit. Yeah. Uh, he's such a little, he's such a little stinker. Um, he's brought so much, and, and he's already mixed in with all the other dogs, and I have to say it's going nicely. I don't have him completely potty trained yet, but considering he never touched the grass until three weeks ago, I think it's going pretty well. So. And dogs learn you know. your routine better than you do. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think I've told yeah. the story before about the experiment that I did with my dog, Jack, because he always knew the difference between when I was getting up from my computer desk to, like, go pee or get yeah. food or something, and when I was getting up to take him out for a walk. He always knew. And he I knew. had to run the experiment on myself to see what I did differently that he was observing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What was it? You've told us, but I forgot. It was just the way that I was getting up. He ah, knew wow. that when... I turned the computer. There was a certain order of operations for which I did things. And if I was just getting up for some other reason, you know, I'd leave the computer up. But if I got up and I locked the computer and then pushed the chair back, he knew that if I locked the computer, pushed the chair back, we were going on a walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's amazing what they pick up on. And, you know, when I first saw him in that cage, I could tell he was suffering. I was. And that's one of the reasons, you know, like I said, I've never done that before. We went in to basically do undercover work or just investigate what was really going on. And I lasted like five minutes more. 
goodness. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> anyway, but our topic today is spring pet safety dangers, and there are so many of them out there. So number one is flea ticks and other parasites, and uh, number two on the list is allergies. I have to tell you, with all that wind that was blowing the, on the, on the last couple days, uh, I know my allergies uh, acted up. So I'm sure, you know, this is... Uh, this is happens with pets too, right? Absolutely, yes, indeed, yeah. And yeah, the wind has been killing me. I've definitely started taking my allergy meds again. And yeah. but yeah, you want to watch to see if your dog or cat is itching, is itchy, if they're scratching more than usual, if their if their skin is kind of red, if they're swelling, if they're maybe losing some hair. You probably want to get your pet. Uh, to the veterinarian to ask them about possible allergies. There is testing that your veterinarian can do, and there are all kinds of different treatments. There are different there are different kinds of allergies too for for pets. There's like there's food, mm-hmm. there's contact allergens, um, just like for people. So it could be the type of grass that you have, or it could be flea allergies. It could be uh, you know a kind of food where you could get them on a special food, and then the, the things get better. Um, but uh, veterinarians also could recommend any possible medication you might need. Uh, but always, always check with your veterinarian before you give any kind of medication. It's just smart to do that. Um, but, yeah, if you see your dog itching more than usual, check in because something might be, might be off. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Let's go for the break. I'm going to go downstairs and get uh, <laughs> the, the flea and tick medication that I use. It also helps with mange. I can't pull it up right now, so let's go to break. I'm going to go grab it because I think it's important that people know that. Would you agree? Oh, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go to break. We'll be right back. It is Furbulous Friday. We are with Maura Davies from the SPCA. That's the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals of Texas. We're talking about spring pet safety dangers. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com. Hey everyone, I have to share a story about how amazing TerraFlora Advanced Care is for gut health. So my friend Liz contracted a debilitating intestinal bacterial infection about a month ago. Her doctor told her she could have died if left untreated. He prescribed a strong antibiotic that treated her infection, but unfortunately left her with terrible stomach bloating along with other intestinal issues. I recommended that she take TerraFlora Advanced Care to help her replenish the good gut bacteria lost by taking the antibiotic. Liz said she could tell the difference in her gut immediately after taking the advanced care. Her stomach bloating went away and she could feel her gut working the way it's supposed to. She says TerraFlora Advanced Care has been a game changer and she won't go without it. I hear stories like this all the time about TerraFlora Advanced Care and all the TerraFlora probiotics. I have been taking them for years myself, and I encourage everyone to visit Enviromedica.com to see their full line of probiotics and find the one that's right for you. That's Enviromedica.com. There are lots of ways to show you have style. Wearing fur isn't one of them. Each year, millions of animals are drowned or beaten to death in the wild or gassed or electrocuted in captivity for their coats. Cruelty is one fashion statement we can do without. Please help the animals by joining people for the ethical treatment of animals. To find out how you can help, visit furisdead.com or call 757-622-PETA. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Maura Davies. 
We are continuing our live broadcast here from iHeartMedia as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Maura Davies is the Vice President for Marketing and Communications for the SPCA. We're talking about spring pet safety dangers. Okay, right before the break, I said I was going to run and go get those uh, to uh, the, the heart guard. I brought that up with me, too, because I give that to my dogs every month, too. But this other product called Next Guard, N-E-X-G-A-R-D. Are you familiar with that, Maura? And it takes care of fleas and tick. And if your dog, if your dog has um, like a, like the beginnings of mange, which is what, the reason I know this is because they use this product to treat. Uh, Dr. Norris prescribed it for the little puppy that I rescued. I and found it a home. Uh, uh, and so, yeah. Did you know that? <laughs> I, I've I've heard I've heard of it as a product, but I didn't realize that last part. Yeah, I just knew about yeah. the flea and tick part. Yeah, I didn't know about the mange part either, but just some, some good information to put out there because, you know, uh, dogs do get mange. It's a parasite. Uh, there's two different kinds. There's sarcoptic yeah. and demon deptic, I think, is what the second one is. Is that right? You got Did it. I say you that right? Or yeah, one of them. Is, the sarcops yeah. and, de- <laughs> and demo, um, among various other fun nicknames. They're awful. Yeah. And it's, they, well, I've actually had mange twice. It, I mean, it sounds awful. You're like, what? But it wasn't that big of a deal. It really wasn't. I got it treated easily. And uh, it was the first, my first rescue here in Dallas, the first dog I ever rescued. And I didn't have, Aww. you know, this, I've told the story, you know, and I yeah. had to bring it to the Garland Animal Shelter. And then they, they shamed me. For, but I really, I didn't have the money to even hardly pay my rent, let alone a pet deposit and bringing the dog to the vet. So I took it to the animal shelter. I hope to God they didn't put him down, but I think maybe they did. But anyway, the poor thing had mange all over it. And I, while my, uh, while my f- former husband was driving the car, I held the dog, you know, and I had a sheet kind of around him and between my legs. Um, but he had mange all over him, and I had shorts on, so I got mange on my knee. And um, no regrets, though. You know, no regrets. We have to help animals. If we don't help them, who will? Right, Maura? Right, Jerry? I'm with you. Yeah. And it takes, it takes villages, it takes multiple villages to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. It takes everybody doing their part. And you, you just don't drive past a stray animal. You know, circle back around, do what you can, maybe even call animal control. Um, there are a lot of great animal control people out there. And I want to, you know, give a shout out to Dallas Animal Services, too. They do a great job keeping uh, animals off the street here in Dallas, right? Would you agree with that, Maura? Along with the SPCA, of course, and Dallas Dogger and all of them, but uh, um, Operation Kindness. uh, uh, There's so many great organizations here in Dallas. Sorry, I was doing something on the phone. Did you call me? Yeah. No, I forgot. I, I, I brought you into the conversation talking about, uh, I can't even remember now. That was like two minutes ago. Well, um, uh, yes, always stop to help the animals. Yeah, Yeah. always stop. Oh, you know, I uh, rescued a kitten once and I caught uh, ringworms from it. Oh, there you go. There I you had go. ringworm there's, too. There's something yeah, there. I got ring yep. ringworm on my hip once from my little kitten oh. that I rescued too. <laughs> it happens, you know. I just but... didn't know why the little tippy end of his tail didn't have any fur on it. I was so fascinated Aww. with it. Yeah. Well, I and found easy... out. Well, and it's easy to cure. You know, it really is. Yeah. Um, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's easy yeah. There's cure. treatments for all of these. You just got to stay on top of it. Um, and yeah, if your if your pet runs into any of these parasites, get them treated. On you go, and, and preventive is the key on some of them. So flea, tick, yeah. heartworm, you're, you, know, you know, get that preventive out there. And then the others that we've been talking about, too, you see something, go to your veterinarian, get it treated. It, mm-hmm. it happens. Yeah. And if you're new in town and you live on the east side, or even if you don't, I would say downtown anywhere on the east side, Dr. Jimmy east Norris side. is one. 
the east side. Yeah, he's one of the best veterinarians in this city. He's been in practice for three decades, and uh, he's amazing. He's just an amazing guy, and he does a lot to help animals as well. So to get back on the spring pet safety dangers, the third danger on this list, Maura, is unpredictable weather. What do you want us to know about that and our pets? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, we're in, in Texas here and lots of other places. There are different kinds of weather, but tornadoes are kind of around. That. And I don't, I'm, like, I'm, I'm knocking on wood when I say that word yeah. even. Me and too. So no matter no matter what happens, flooding, anything that might happen this time of year with the rain and the weird stuff. And uh, make sure you have a go kit for your pet, um, you know, that has like a water bottle, some food, your pet's medication uh, information. Um, be ready. So if you need to get that go bag, scoop up your pet, get in the car and peace out, you can do it. Yeah. And I say, you know, um, if you don't have a will with your, with your pets in it, you should, Mm -hmm. even if it's just a piece of paper written down with your signature and the date, because God forbid something happened, but you know, we're, none of us are going to be here in a hundred (laughs) years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> typically, I mean, well, maybe some, some, if somebody really young is listening, but, but typically, you know, people don't think about that and they need to, uh, actually yeah. Patty Dawson brought it up on the air from Dallas Dogger back. I don't know about six months ago. It's very, very important that you have your pets in your will, right? Yes. Oh, totally agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And people, um, you know, people should think about that, who their pets go to, how much, uh, you know, what, what, what that, their pet might need after they're gone. These are all very yeah. important things to think through. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And uh, okay, so the next danger on this list is something that we may not think about, which is spring cleaning. What's what cleaning products are safe for dogs? Uh, and I would say and cats. And which ones should mm-hmm. we avoid, Maura? Well, there are tons of pet safe cleaning supplies out there. So if you don't know if the cleaning supplies that you use are pet safe or not, you do need to look at the labels because there's a ton of different toxic cleaning products out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the the best thing to do is um, look on that label um, because they're, yeah, they're all different kinds of things. Some things that you think are poisonous are, and some things that you don't think are poisonous might mm-hmm. be poisonous. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd like paint, stain, putty, those are top pet poisons. Um, so there are a couple of different poison control hotlines you can uh, keep, you know, right next to your phone if you need. I actually have a little pad of paper that has information, emergency info for my human kids and my dog and my cat. So if somebody's at my house needs to help me or if I just, you know, if things are getting crazy, I can just call the number. But, you know, keep your veterinarian's 24 care, uh, urgent care number, or if there's a 24-hour veterinarian near you, you write that all on the same piece of paper. Um, but you can look up, there are tons of different poison hotlines. A lot of them come with a fee. But you can look at those online and write them down on that little piece of paper and help keep your pet safe. A good uh, cleaning solution that you can make at home yourself in your kitchen uh, for those surfaces that your animals can actually access is, um, I'm going to say, two parts water, one part vinegar. And Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. you put lemon or orange peels in there. Yep, yep. And just let it soak, shake it up on occasion, put it in a spray bottle. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Be yep. careful, just... though. There are certain essential oils that can be very yeah. toxic to dogs. So, mm-hmm. and cats can be even more sensitive. Um, yep. But I think I've, I didn't even mention this earlier. But I mean, some of these are pretty self-explanatory. But like, you don't want your pet to get into these bleach, uh, rubbing alcohol, hydrogen peroxide, phenol, formaldehyde, phthalates, ammonia, chlorine. Um, these are very toxic things. So, if any, yeah. if your pet, and if you think your pet ingests any of those, please call a poison hotline, call your veterinarian. Yeah. And Lysol, spray Lysol on that list. Mm. Um, 
It's mm-hmm. very dangerous for pets. Uh, um, it is. When you spray it, you've got to make sure that it's in an area that's well ventilated and um, they're not in that area. A lot of, a lot of women, mm-hmm. especially, I think, uh, spray a lot of Lysol around. You know, spray it on the furniture, mm-hmm. spray it here, spray it there. Yeah, you've got to be careful with Lysol. It's not good for yes. your pets. So um, I use the alternative brand. I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, hmm, can't think of it. But even today, so, you know, with little Peter getting spayed, his cage that he sleeps in at night, you know, I did an extra special cleaning in there um, this morning. And I took it over to the side and I sprayed it with this uh, alternative Lysol product that I have but even still I took it out and uh, and because you know you you have to especially with a puppy if they get you know pee or poop on their paws which does happen if they you know because I'm potty training him still he came from horrific Mm -hmm. conditions and so but uh, I wanted the the, the cage to be super clean (laughs) so Mm -hmm. just be careful with the Lysol or any products that you use for sure so you know uh, number five on this list of spring pet dangers are plants so how do we know if our plants are toxic to our pets Mora and what should we do if our pet ingests a poisonous plant? Yes. Well, it's also time of year for all those plants uh, to start growing actually with the nice weather. And so um, lilies in particular that are popular around this time of year can be very, very toxic, especially to cats. They can cause kidney failure. Um, There are uh, tons of other animal or animals, uh, plants that are poisonous to animals. So you don't, you want to keep them away. So Sago palms, lily of the valley, oleander, and you know, some of these are indoor plants, some of these are outdoor plants, some of them are both. Um, castor beans, um, gosh, there's a ton of other uh, stuff. Let's see, autumn crocus, azalea, boxwood, chrysanthemum, cyclamen, English ivy even, um, mistletoe, oh, wow. mushrooms that you don't recognize, um, night-blooming jasmine, especially the berries, uh, rhododendron, rhubarb, tulip, narcissus, wisteria and you so mm. i know there's a ton of that so if you ever are curious just google that and try yeah. to see because there are a ton of plants that are very poisonous and you want your pets to a stay away from those and b if your pet ingests them use that uh, poison hotline you just wrote down from our last step or, and or make sure you call your veterinarian right away what are some signs of poisoning more Oh, um, you could see vomiting. You could see uh, foaming at the mouth. You could see uh, they might they they're, they might be appear uncoordinated. They might um, be having um, like a seizure like symptoms. Um, they uh, or other you know especially some animals might hide a little bit more than others. So anything that's out of the out of the ordinary for your pet, and you know they've gotten into something that you don't think is good for them, go ahead and call your veterinarian. Or even if, you, if you're, especially if your cat, but if your dog or cat is looking, acting different in a way that concerns you, reach out and call your veterinarian. Best practice. Absolutely. Oh, are you there? Hello? Hi, okay, I can hear I don't know what happened. I don't even know if you can Uh-oh. hear me, but can yes. you hear me? Yes. Okay. Are we, ba- are we back? Jerry? Okay. I can't hear you though, Jerry. Um, I, it Uh-oh. sounds like you're in, you're in a cave a million miles away. Like okay. this is really, uh, there you go. Now? Okay. Sound like, yeah, now I can hear you. All right. Um, you're back now. Okay. That was so weird. That was weird. Ooh. 
I was like, hello? Okay. <laughs> I can talk about chocolate. I can totally talk about chocolate. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about chocolate before we go to break. Yes, because Easter Sunday is coming up quickly, April the 9th. You think, oh, no, it's it's Easter. Jeez, it's not even St. Patrick's Day yet. But Easter is right around the corner. And so spring uh, holiday chocolate. Okay, so Easter bunnies and all this stuff, the Easter egg hunts for their kids. Uh, it's really bad for dogs, isn't it, Maura? Let's remind people about that. <laughs> it is. Chocolate has a uh, toxic... Uh, uh, chemical called theobromine in it. It's toxic for dogs and cats, and it can be especially harmful for dogs. The darker the chocolate, the worse it is. So just be really careful. If you have chocolate around, keep it super high up, put it to where your pet yep. cannot get it. Um, and, you know, always think about giving, you know, stuffed animals, instead, or yeah. stuffed animals instead to your loved ones. Oh, yeah. But I know there are a lot of people who love chocolate, so just keep it away from their pets. It is also well, poisonous. And, yeah, and not... Yeah, not even around the holidays. I told you, you know, my friend Dawn, mm-hmm. her, her, her big uh, standard poodle, beautiful dog, Lincoln, um, that she mm-hmm. rescued years ago. He, they were baking chocolate chip cookies with the kids, and she ran upstairs. She came down. He had consumed almost the whole bag, and he was dead the mm-hmm. next day. Unfortunately, it was really, really sad, very hard on the family. So if you're making chocolate chip cookies, there's a good reminder, too. But always mm-hmm. great information. Maura, thank you so much for jumping on the air with us today and have a fantastic weekend. Stay warm. Thank you so much. You, too. And you're I'm welcome. still blushing from right. your sweet compliments earlier. Oh, yeah. Yes, you're a Disney princess for sure. You've got the heart of gold. You sure do. But uh, Or you couldn't do the job that you do because it's a tough one. Um, and oh, so have absolutely. a great weekend, Maura. Oh, yeah. Tough, Y'all tough, too. tough. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. You're welcome. All right, you guys. We're going to go to break. We've got a great show continuing on. We have Dr. Michael Greger with us. Uh, he's amazing. He's a physician and internationally recognized speaker on nutrition. We're going to be talking about beating cancer with diet. Stay tuned. You are listening to One Life Radio. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. Crazy Waters benefits have a history that runs deep. The legend is that in 1881, a woman who suffered from dementia would sit by the well and drink the mineral water all day long. People began to notice that the woman was not so crazy anymore. Had the well gotten rid of her crazies? The well became known as the Crazy Well and people from all over flocked to this magical place. Back in 1904, the famous mineral water company began bottling and distributing its mineral water. The benefits of these minerals all feed your body and mind what it craves. It's a natural sports drink without all the disruptive artificial flavors and sugars. You can find Crazy Water by visiting their website, drinkcrazywater.com. That's drinkcrazywater.com. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. All right, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. You are in for a treat. We have a very special guest with us today. His name is Dr. Michael Greger. He is a founding member and fellow of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Michael Greger, MD, is a physician and an internationally recognized speaker on nutrition. 
His science-based nonprofit, NutritionFacts.org, offers a free online portal hosting more than 2,000 videos and articles on a myriad of health topics. Dr. Greger is a sought-after lecturer and has presented at the Conference on the World Affairs and the World Bank, testified before Congress, and was invited as an expert witness in Oprah Winfrey's defense in the infamous meat defamation trial, a graduate of Cornell University School of Agriculture and Tufts University School of Medicine. Dr. Greger is also an acclaimed author of How Not to Die, the How Not to, How not to Die cookbook, and How Not to Diet. Uh, they became instant New York Times bestsellers. More than a million copies of How Not to Die have been sold, as well as How to Survive a Pandemic and How Not the How Not to Diet cookbook. Uh, 100% of all proceeds of Dr. Greger's re- that he receives from the sales of his books and speaking honoraria are donated directly to charity. Their website or his website is nutritionfacts.org or on Facebook at nutritionfacts.org uh, or on Instagram at nutrition underscore facts underscore dot or, or excuse me, org. And it's so great to have you back. I'm so excited. Dr. Greger, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Always happy to be back anytime. Man, you got to <laughs> right. you talk about an eye-catching title. How not to die. How well, not hell, to die. I got to look at that one. <laughs> I, know, I mean, right? seriously. Well, I, uh, yeah, next book uh, coming out in December, How Not to Age on all the long journey. Oh, I'm all about so that one too. Exciting. Okay. Can I pre-order it now? <laughs> uh, not yet, unfortunately. Uh, June. You can order Oh my it in gosh. June. Oh, wow. That's going to be a big, that's going to be a New York Times bestseller for sure. How Not to Age Everyone, available for pre-order in June. Okay. Well, you know, everybody is, uh, you know, so concerned right now about their health, as they should be. You know, there's so many people that really need to address it if they haven't already. But Dr. Greger, today specifically, we're talking about diet and cancer. So is today's modern diet causing cancer? And if so, how? Today's diet is indeed causing cancer, but the good news is we have tremendous power over our health destiny. The vast majority of premature death and disability is preventable with a healthy enough diet and lifestyle. Um, uh, Cancer is our second leading killer in the United States. Um, The deadliest cancer, the cancer that kills more people uh, than any other lung cancer, 90% preventable with one simple act, and that's not smoking tobacco. Mm, really? Okay, so I'm sure that goes with, uh, so tobacco specifically, a lot of people smoke marijuana. You know, it's legal in many states in the U.S. now. What do you say about marijuana as well? Because people don't typically smoke as much marijuana as they do cigarettes. They don't, although the smoke is often held in the lungs longer. Basically, we don't mm. want any kind of smoke. Cigarette wow. smoke, forest fire smoke, <laughs> even even uh, even you know uh, the the uh, 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 crackling fireplace um, mm-hmm. is really not the best. We really don't want smoke in our lungs, um, and there are certainly things we can do about it if we're forced to. Um, for example, uh, there's a, a series of uh, really remarkable experiments out of China, which has a real uh, serious air pollution problem, where they mm-hmm. fed people broccoli, uh, cruciferous vegetables, and were found to so increase their detoxifying enzymes in their liver that they could significantly decrease the inflammation in their body when they exposed people to diesel exhaust, for example. Um, and so uh, even smokers who uh, who uh, who eat, are randomized to eat broccoli have significantly 
lower carcinogens flowing through their body because it so revs up their ability of their of their liver to detoxify it. You eat broccoli, you need to drink more coffee to get the same caffeine buzz. That's because it just ramps everything up. And so I encourage people, um, of course, to stop smoking. But if you absolutely cannot for whatever reason, at the very least, we can eat broccoli. Yeah, I love broccoli. I actually saw where was it? I've got it. I just saw it earlier. Uh, I when I was sorting through some papers about broccoli, it's just like such a superfood, isn't it? It is any cruciferous vegetable. So that's the cabbage family vegetable. So one of the cheapest foods out there, red cabbage, one of the healthiest foods. Um, but it's also you know bok choy and kale and collard greens and um, and so you know cauliflower. Find a cruciferous vegetable you like um, and try to include it. Um, even in your weekly diet, it's remarkable when they had people um, eat broccoli or not before a, a, a barbecue. There's these uh, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, which are uh, produced when when uh, fat from meat uh, hits the coals and then bursts back onto the meat. Um, uh, you could decrease exposure to these carcinogens even eating broccoli a week before. Um, mm-hmm. and you still had that uh, increase in detoxifying enzymes. Of course, look. Why increase your ability to detoxify when you can not tox in the first place by, you know, uh, grilling some portobellos instead? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not with you on the portobello. There's something about the texture, but I do love mushrooms. They just have to be chopped up really small. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but, but they are very healthy for you, right, Dr. Uh, Dr. Gregor? Yes, they are. Although you want to make sure to cook them, they are agaricus, um, uh, agaricus mushrooms, and so that's white mushrooms, crimini mushrooms, portobello mushrooms should be cooked before eating because of a toxin that's destroyed by cooking. Mm. Well, yeah, and I found that article. It basically said how gut bacteria make broccoli a superfood. It goes into the science. It was that article out of Nature magazine in February of 2020, and it goes in like, and it says broccoli, cabbage, and other vegetables in the uh, brassica, brassica genius. Yeah, brass- uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brassica Genius uh, owe their distinct flavor to chemicals called gluso, glucosinolates. <laughs> glucosinolates. Good stuff. All right. I, I knew you'd like that, you know, being the, uh, the doctor that you are and the scientist that you are. I'm so focused in on nutrition, which we all should be, right? It's just, it's the key to having a healthy life. Agreed? Um, indeed, and so there are, eating healthy doesn't just directly decrease your exposure um, to potential carcinogens, increase your body's ability to um, both uh, repair DNA that has been damaged, uh, to slow down the, the progression of, of cancer and the spread of cancer, uh, but also has an indirect benefit, um, and that is um, uh, weight loss. So mm. our, um, there, it's been estimated that the U.S. population collectively shave just 1% off the National Body Mass Index, we would prevent over 100,000 cases of cancer every year. Wow. Um, uh, and, so, uh, and so being overweight, people don't understand that being overweight is a risk factor for a variety mm-hmm. of cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can, uh, by eating healthy, we can lose weight. And that alone um, can decrease our risk for cancer. Yeah. Well, is that why, you know, you hear a lot of doctors and scientists say that cancer is a metabolic disease. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Is it true? Is it a, is a cancer a metabolic d- disease as well? Well, it's a metabolic disease in that all diseases are metabolic in that they involve uh, metabolism of cells and tissues and organs. Um, uh, uh, cancer is, is, uh, is a 
uh, has some unique metabolic uh, kind of uh, idiosyncrasies that can be taken advantage of in mm-hmm. cancer treatment. Um, uh, and so certain cancers, for example, um, have uh, have uh, uh, absolute methionine requirement, which is amino acid. Um, and so, by putting by restricting methionine intake, for example, you can slow down the spread of that cancer. Whereas normal cells can live without, um, don't have an absolute requirement. Um, and so, you can kind of take advantage of the metabolism. Some mm-hmm. uh, uh, cancer cells uh, thrive on on blood sugar. Some cancer cells thrive on ketones. Um, uh, or uh, fatty acids in the blood. Um, and so you can use kind of the metabolic quirks of cancer to, um, to fight the disease, but that's always what we're looking for, right? Because unlike something like a bacteria or a fungal infection or a virus, you're, you have to figure a way to destroy the cancer without destroying normal cells because essentially the cancer is you, um, and so that's why we have to look for differences um, in terms of treatment. But, of course, you know, I always go back to, look, let's treat the cause, not get cancer in the first place, so we don't have to worry about finding uh, better treatments. Mm-hmm. You said spread of cancer twice in the last couple of minutes. So what causes cancer to spread or metastasize? Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's the... Uh, Basically, I mean, the, the, the cancer cells are, uh, you know, grow, uh, typically grow faster, um, are less growth constrained than surrounding tissues. Um, and so they're kind of, they're looking for resources. Um, and so they can release, release these factors, these angiogenic factors, which um, get the, 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 the body to grow new blood vessels straight into the tumor. Um, but probably the easiest way to acquire resources is to get out of Dodge and find a, a, a place where it can bathe itself in nutrients and oxygen. Um, and so by slipping into the, bloods, uh, the bloodstream, um, it may not be as, as constrained as it is walled off in a little tumor. And so it's kind of in the cancer's just kind of advantage kind of through natural selection to um, eventually spread throughout the body to take to kind of exploit uh, the resources of the body. Um, and that's really where cancer mortality comes from. Very few primary tumors are fatal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have mm-hmm. massive tumors um, and uh, and and not uh, threaten um, your your uh, your longevity, uh, but it's the spread of tumors, um, it's the metastases of tumors, mm-hmm. which is uh, uh, which is about ninety percent of cancer mortality. And so that's mm-hmm. why preventing the spread um, is a very uh, hot research topic in oncology. Yeah, I bet. It's great having you with us. We're going to, I love you use that expression, get out of Dodge. I use that all the time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love your personality. Uh, But we're going to go for a quick break. Everyone stay tuned. We're going to be, we're coming right back. More coming up with Dr. Michael Greger, Beating Cancer with Diet. Stay tuned. You're listening to One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at oneliferadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, barricade. <laughs> In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. 
Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. <laughs> Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Dr. Michael Greger. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. If you're just now joining us, Dr. Michael Greger is a founding member and fellow of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Dr. Greger is a physician and internationally recognized speaker on nutrition. His science-based nonprofit, nutritionfacts.org. Org offers a free online portal hosting more than 2,000 videos and articles on a myriad of health topics. Uh, I've, I signed up for it. I love it. And there's so much knowledge uh, to be known about health, and I encourage you to go to nutritionfacts.org. Dr. Gregor is also an acclaimed author of How Not to Die, the How Not to Die Cookbook, and How Not to Diet. They became instant New York Times bestsellers, uh, and uh, he's got a new book coming out in June of 2023, How not to age. So uh, great to have him with us today. And we're continuing our topic of beating cancer with diet. So Dr. Gregor, how does a plant-based diet affect our blood flow compared to the standard traditional diet? I'm going to talk about heart disease um, rather than uh, I, uh, than cancer. Um, but, uh, but I mean, sticking to the cancer topic, um, you know, if you don't smoke, uh, which is the cancer killer number one, then your number one cancer nemesis is colorectal cancer. That's cancer killer number two. Okay. And Ew. we can cut our risk by a fifth by just doing one simple thing, and that's leaving a single serving of processed meat off our plate. Mm. Um, so colorectal cancer is uh, every single 50 grams a day, which is like one hot dog's worth of processed meat, increases risk 18%. Wow. Um, and uh, so, um, you know, that means, you know, if, if, if everyone in the country just cut a single serving of processed meat out of their diet, that's 25,000 fewer cases of colorectal cancer um, uh, every year. That's basically the increased risk of colorectal cancer from processed meat is it, Approximately the same as increased risk of lung cancer you get breathing, living with a smoker, like uh, breathing secondhand smoke day in, day out. Wow. Um, so it's uh, really something that we want to cut down on. Now, if we want to expand beyond cancer, um, uh, uh, processed meat consumption is also uh, associated with increased risk of death from diabetes and heart disease. And um, so uh, globally, about a half million deaths every year attributed to processed meat. So that's an easy dietary tweak we can do. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's not necessarily eating completely plant-based. Just cutting out the processed meat can go a long way towards decreasing our risk of cancer because we know that these are carcinogenic cancer-causing foods. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I know that you've developed a system of eating called dining by traffic light. How does it work? Oh, well, so that was just, uh, you know, trying to give people some uh, some general rules as to, you know, whether something is healthy, um, harmful, harmless. Um, and so I encourage people to try to stick to green light foods. And I define green light foods as um unprocessed plant foods, so kind of foods as grown out of the ground. So this is, you know, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, or beans, slippies, chickpeas, and lentils, you know, nuts and seeds, herbs and spices, basically real food that grows out of the ground. These are our healthiest choices. And then the yellow light foods, um, which we should try to minimize. These are the processed uh, plant foods as well as the unprocessed animal foods uh, like meat, dairy, and eggs. I mean, then the red light foods, which we really should um, uh, not be eating on a daily basis, uh, kind of like red lights in real life. You know, you mm-hmm, can, you can mm-hmm. you know, run through a couple, but it's not a great idea to do it on a regular basis. You can get away with it, but I mean, that is the ultra-processed plant foods um, uh, and, uh, the, and, and the processed animal foods, like mm-hmm. processed meat. Wow. All good to know. Really good to know. But, you know, I know we talked about cannabis earlier. And, of course, we were talking about smoking being so bad for you. But what are your thoughts on cannabis for fighting cancer? Like if you take the THC and, you know, turn it into a paste like a lot of people do and treat their, themselves with, uh, with THC for fighting cancer. What are your thoughts? Um, we don't have uh, good data on cannabis for cancer. Um, it's, there have been studies done on cannabis for inflammatory bowel disease. Um, and has actually uh, made things worse um, over time. Um, uh, uh, but, um, I mean, these if you are going to do cannabis, edibles are safer than smoking because you don't get the respiratory mm-hmm. uh, problems. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, vaping uh, is, is less harmful um, than smoking. Um, uh, it's, uh, and, and, you know, the Problems with edibles is a little harder to adjust for dose. People can overdose very quickly, um, and of course, it's uh, not kind of not uh, not safe for pets um, uh, often. So, uh, but um, but there's but there's uh, no. It's never been shown to actually um, improve the two things we care about with cancer, which is cancer survival or um, uh, kind of increased uh, quality of life. Though so may be able to help with some of the uh, uh, side effects of treatment, such as decreasing nausea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know you're a big proponent of a plant di- plant-based diet. So we've only got about, I'm going to say, three and a half, four minutes. But uh, So I'm going to ask you two questions. What Two questions. What is the healthiest diet, and what do you recommend for those who uh, want to eat a plant-based diet but have a difficult time moving to a plant-based diet? You know, the best available balance of evidence suggests a healthiest diet is one that minimizes the intake of meat, eggs, dairy, processed junk, and maximizes the intake of those whole, uh, those whole plant foods. But it's not all or nothing, right? Just cutting out the worst, which is like the processed meat, the trans fats, the soda, um, and just adding the best, um, which is uh, greens, the healthiest vegetables, dark green leafy vegetables, 
um, uh, berries, which are the healthiest fruits, and legumes, which are beans, flippies, chickpeas, and lentils. I mean, just doing those, you know, adding those three things to your daily diet and just removing those um, uh, most harmful things to your diet will go a long way. Uh, towards mm-hmm. improving people's health. Yes, we can always tweak things to get healthier and healthier, but it does not take much to have a significant impact on our health and longevity. Mm-hmm. I recently started eating more oatmeal, oatmeal like oats with flaxseed and chia seeds, uh, blueberries, walnuts, things like that with a plant-based oh, milk and a banana. It's so great. It tastes like I feel like I'm eating cereal, except it's super. I can't even tell you how much more energy I have. I just really, you know, sometimes people just go a little sideways. You know, life hits them with a lot of things, and it's easy to grab for the uh, for the uh, potato chips, right, <laughs> or the crackers. Now, last night I did have, I had some crackers, but they were organic. They were from Italy. You know, they were nice crackers. <laughs> they were good quality crackers. Let's um, see. Did you eat them with your pinky up? And I, well, and I had them with peanut butter, so, you know, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the important thing, I'm glad you brought that up. It doesn't matter what you eat on birthdays, holidays, special occasions. It's really the day-to-day stuff that yeah. adds up. On a day-to-day basis, we really just should try to eat healthy and, uh, you know, save some of the, you know, snackier junk to, you know, uh, to really kind of enjoy it. Unfortunately, so many people not only eat bad food, but they're like eating it while they're watching TV. They're not even really tasting it. It's like well, all of a sudden half the bag is gone. And it's like if you're going to do something bad for your body, at least enjoy it. I mean, at yeah. least get, you know, if you're going to, you know, get the really best chocolate and the best whatever and really mm-hmm. savor it. Um, as opposed to like the worst of both worlds, you're not really even enjoying it and it's not doing your body any favors. No, it's not. What are your, t- I, I'm looking at the clock. I know the music's going to start here any second. What about fish, Dr. Greger, Greger? What are your thoughts on fish? So, you know, whenever you say is X, is, is food X healthy, you always have to think compared to what? So are eggs healthy? Well, compared to oatmeal, not even close, but compared to yeah. breakfast sausage, yes, eggs are healthy. Same thing with fish. All right, so compared to bologna, healthy. Um, yeah. Compared to hummus, you know, or something else you put on a sandwich, uh, then not even close. Yeah, I love my hummus. And there's the music. It's been playing for just a couple of seconds. Gosh, I can't wait to get you back in here. Uh, (laughs) It's been so great to have you back. It's been a few years, but thank you so much for jumping on the air. Everyone, I encourage you to go to nutritionfacts.org and get yourself as healthy as you can be and uh, get on the list. Well, we can't order it until June. How not to age. I'm going to get a couple copies of that. Thank you so much, Dr. Michael Greger, everyone. Thanks again, Dr. Greger. Happy to be back anytime. All right. All right, everyone, i got to wrap this up. TGIF, have a safe and happy weekend. Drive careful. There's a lot of crazy drivers out there. Don't drive crazy, everyone. There's other people on the road that need to get home to their families. You get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life.